Welcome to Coming Out of the Spiritual Closet with your host, me, Brittany Wittig. Join me every week to explore and demystify the world of modern spirituality. Welcome, welcome, all my beautiful listeners. Thank you for being here. This week, I wanted to record a podcast episode because over the last, oh, two and a half to three weeks, I have had the experience, once again, of facing my deepest, darkest fear, facing my greatest fear. This is the third time in my life that I've had the experience of facing uh, what I would call my greatest fear. And just like the other times, it unveiled a new level of healing. And more than that, it clarified different tools that I can use, how to work with those tools. And it really showed me some new ways to work with the tools that I already use to build courage and to move through fear in my life. So today I want to talk about how to face big, big fear when it comes knocking. And keeping in mind that the tools that I use to move through big fear that I don't choose are the same tools that I use to take big leaps of faith forward in my life. And they are very powerful tools to have in your toolkit. But first, I want to real quick talk about my group coaching program, the Courageous Transformation Academy. Round one of that three-month program just ended a couple weeks ago, and the results have been incredible. The students in the program have experienced massive change. I could go on and on about what this program does, but instead of me speaking to it, I would like to read a testimonial that one of my students sent me when we finished the program last week. All right, my student says, Before going through the Courageous Transformation Academy, I was stuck in a career transition, unable to move forward into a life I knew was there for me. Taking a leap of faith and signing up for this program was seriously one of the best things I've ever done in my life, and I had no idea how much my life was about to heal and change. Through this three-month experience, I've stepped out of my comfort zone and set courageous intentions by learning to tap into my highest self. I now understand fear and have learned to work with my own fear to uncover the subconscious beliefs I've been holding. I have learned about many tools to connect with my intuition through many modalities. I've begun to practice trusting my intuition and leading my life with it versus leading with ego. Life is so much more fun and interesting leading with intuition from my highest self. I've begun to forgive myself and others and have begun releasing limiting beliefs that are no longer serving me. I've learned to let emotion move through rather than repressing it, and also how to calm an activated nervous system when working with emotions, triggers, and fear. I've learned to reprogram my limiting beliefs and now feel more confident in visualizing the life I want to live. I'm finally beginning to take massive action toward my dream life and have gained all the tools I need to keep moving in this direction. In only three months, the Courageous Transformation Academy has absolutely proven to be effective in changing my life in a very powerful way. It is way more than a program that provides a tremendous amount of value. 
It is a deep, customized experience available to anyone who is ready to step out of their comfort zone and create their dream life. Thank you, Brittany, for courageously sharing and teaching this beautiful rite of passage. We are so lucky to have you, our courageous coach, leader, wayshare, light bearer. As you can imagine, this was a very moving testimonial for me to receive, and I really just wanted to share it word for word because that is exactly the power of this program. So if you are interested in getting in on the next round of the Courageous Transformation Academy, the three-month program is going to begin in November, and the waitlist is now open. So if you would like to join the waitlist, that will get you First, early access to the program. There are limited spaces available. It will also get you a special waitlist bonus. So if you would like to join the waitlist, head to the link in the show notes and you can go ahead and sign up for that. Okay, facing big fear. About, I guess it was almost three weeks ago now, I had a follow-up visit with my oncologist. And I went into this visit really feeling confident, feeling 100%. I wasn't actually feeling a lot of fear around the visit. But during this exam, my oncologist found something that he was worried about. He found some tissue that he thought could be a recurrence of my cancer. This was extremely shocking to me and terrifying because the type of cancer I had If there is a recurrence, it is very, very bad. Statistically, it doesn't look good for me if that happens. There's really very little Western medicine available for a recurrence of this cancer. So yeah, it was a a very terrifying experience to hear that he saw something that he thought could be more cancer. He told me that I was going to need to have a PET scan, which is a scan that essentially shows any cancer that is still in your body. But I wasn't able to have the PET scan for two weeks because that's how it works. Here in the U.S., you can't just get in right away. You have to wait. And so I spent the two weeks after that appointment doing some very, very deep work with my fear. And so I kind of want to go through the process and what that looked like and what came out of it for me. I I will say that I am still cancer-free. I don't want to leave you hanging this whole episode. My scan did come back completely clear. But I want to speak to what happened in the two weeks since that appointment. After my appointment, the first thing that I felt was physical terror. So I went into a very shocked kind of numb reaction. I'm sure many of you have experienced that when you get like really shocking news. It's like your whole entire nervous system is so activated that it's almost, you're in complete fight, flight, or freeze. So after my appointment, I went straight home because I was in such a state of shock and my nervous system was so activated. I didn't really think I would be able to do like the shopping that I had planned to do after my appointment. So I came home. And what I knew I needed to do right away was work with my nervous system. I first needed to approach this physically. And so I started doing some vagal stimulating exercises. So you have a nerve that I've talked about on the podcast before called your vagus nerve that basically controls your autonomic nervous system. So it controls these big nervous system reactions. 
and you can stimulate it to help reset your nervous system when you've had a big reaction like this. So I did some vagus nerve stimulating. I also knew that I needed to begin leaning into the fear and allowing it to move through me, allowing it to release. So what that looked like was allowing myself to just get in bed and cry and cry and cry and release. I did some shaking. I did a few different release methods to help move this fear through me. This phase lasted a while because I was completely terrified. So the first, oh, probably 24 hours, I probably cried for, oh, 10 hours of it, maybe. It was quite epic because, I mean, we are talking about facing a, a biggest fear, an absolutely terrifying thing. When you're working through smaller fears, it doesn't take this long. But big, big fears can actually take this long to move through you. So I released and released and released. And the reason that I did this, the reason that I leaned into the fear and released like this and just allowed it all to move through me is because when you are in a heightened fear state and the voice of your fear is very loud, you can't hear your intuition because your intuition is a little whisper. I knew that I needed to move this fear through me and quiet down the voice of fear so I could start hearing what my intuition was telling me to do and how to move forward and how to deal with this. Finally, after probably about 24 hours, I started to hear my intuition speaking to me again. My intuition had very clear instructions, which was amazing. I'm incredibly grateful for that. My intuition told me that I needed to look up Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, who is someone I've heard of in the spiritual space. He may be someone you've heard of. He, he's a doctor who works with the mind-body connection, but I wasn't super familiar with what he does. I just heard of him before. So I followed my intuition and I, I looked up Dr. Joe Dispenza and immediately I could feel how aligned this work was with me. I followed my intuition and began reading his newest book. And I also started implementing the things that he suggests. The biggest thing being a very deep daily meditation in which you connect with the nothingness of the quantum field. Really powerful, really deep meditation that takes a little over an hour every day. I also realized that I needed to get extremely present. My intuition was also very clear about that, that I needed to get myself into the present moment because if I continued to think nonstop about this appointment that I just had had, I was going to remain in a fear response for who knows how long. And it was really important that I get myself into the present moment. So the meditation helped with getting into the present moment also. Meditation is an amazing way to get present. Other things that I did, I took baths regularly. I started going for longer walks. I go for walks every day anyway, but I started extending the length of time I was on a walk. And I want to be very clear, I wasn't avoiding the past. I just wasn't allowing myself to live in it. So what that looked like was when the appointment that scared me 
would come up into my consciousness, I took a moment to notice it. I took a moment to feel what was coming up from it and allow myself to feel. So this meant there was still quite a bit of crying happening, a lot of releasing. But then once I had felt it and done some releasing, I didn't allow my mind to attach to it and keep replaying it over and over and over and over. So there's a, there's a fine line there where you want to allow yourself to feel, but you don't want to allow yourself to start cycling on a challenging, scary, painful memory. The other thing that I started doing was really checking in with the universe about the lesson that I was meant to learn through this experience. Because everything happens for us. Even these things that we would never wish for, that we would never want to happen, there's always something to learn from these experiences. I know that. I've experienced that many times throughout my life, throughout my spiritual journey. So I knew that there was a lesson here for me. And this is the spiritual approach to what was going on. From the spiritual perspective, I began checking in with my guides, checking in with the universe and asking, what am I meant to learn from this experience? And one of the ways that I did this was through journal prompts. I would essentially connect to my guides and the universe and ask for the question that would serve my highest good. And then I would write that question in my journal and free write the answer. So I would free write whatever came through for me. This is a really beautiful way to communicate with your higher self, the universe, your soul, whatever word you would like to use. Through this process of asking my higher self about what I was meant to learn through this experience, I unveiled the fact that I had been giving some of my power away, giving more of my power to my doctors, to my oncologists, to Western medicine than actually was healthy for me. Now, I want to be clear. I am 100% a fan of Western medicine. I absolutely believe that Western medicine was essential to my healing in my initial cancer diagnosis. And it's very easy for us to hand our power away to people who we believe know more than we do. Doctors are a perfect example of this, right? Because they know so much about medicine, because they are authorities in that area, it's a kind of a natural egoic thing for us to say, okay, I'm going to trust you to tell me everything about where I'm at and how I'm doing and if I'm okay or not. I don't mean by taking my power back that I'm not going to listen to the doctor. But what I do mean is that truly deep down within each of us, we know ourselves better than anyone. And what was so interesting about this experience was that I knew I had this deep sense that I was healthy. And so when this doctor, who was an authority figure, who I had given a lot of my power to, told me otherwise, it completely rocked my world. So one of the things that came up 
was the importance of trusting myself, holding on to my power, and still consulting experts and authorities. Absolutely listening to a doctor and taking into account what they have to say. Of course, I'm going to continue doing that. But also equally taking into account my own knowledge of myself, my own power to understand myself and my own body. So that was one of the big things that came up. The other thing that came up as I connected with my higher self, the universe, around this experience was that it was time for me to make peace with my mortality. This message came through loud and clear. And I won't lie, that message made me scared because... Of course, one way to interpret that message is you need to make peace with your mortality because you're coming up against it, right? That is one way to interpret it. But another way to interpret it is making peace with your mortality allows you to live a more vibrant, present existence. So I decided, even though it scared me when I first received that message, I decided that I was not going to attach meaning to it. I wasn't going to attach the meaning to that message that I am going to die soon. And that's why I need to make peace with my mortality. Instead, I recognized that no matter where you're at in your life, it is always going to benefit you to make peace with your mortality. And I decided, okay, if that's what I need to do, then that's what I need to do. And I started to actively do some work around that. I journaled around it. I meditated on the idea. I was doing a lot of meditating in this period of time. And I do highly recommend that when a big, big, big fear comes knocking on your door, that you turn to meditation as a way to get some clarity, a way to get some relief, a way to get some stillness. So I meditated on the idea of making peace with my mortality every single day. And what was interesting is over the course of these weeks, I found myself getting very comfortable with the possibility that I could have cancer again. Not to say that I wanted that to be the outcome of the scan. I certainly didn't. But I did realize that getting comfortable with either outcome. It's how I was going to make peace with the unknown of this situation. And it was powerful. It was powerful to really lean into the fact that the universe is supporting me, that I am mortal, that we are all mortal, and that eventually all of us will have to face our mortality. So why not do that work earlier in your life rather than waiting until it's thrust upon you, essentially. That was basically the process that I went through. And by the time I actually went to have my PET scan, which was two weeks after this initial appointment, I was feeling very peaceful about the whole thing. I was feeling very present. There was still fear there. It's not like all the fear was gone, but It was nowhere near as harsh as it was when I got that initial, the initial word from my doctor. And I also want to mention that one of the things that came through loud and clear 
in this experience is that all of our fear is actually attached to the fear of death. So any fear that we talk about, even, you know, the smaller fears like fear of rejection, you can actually trace it all the way back to a fear of death. Fear is always connected to our fear of death. And one of the beautiful ways to work with the fear of death and something that I did in these two weeks is actually to read about near-death experiences, which there are lots and lots of accounts of these out there. So many people have had these experiences. And it's interesting because they, they are all very similar. People report very similar experiences. There's something very soothing about reading about these beautiful, peaceful, loving experiences people have when they die and then come back to the world. There's a lot of different examples. And one of my very favorite books on this topic, this is a topic that has always interested me. One of my very favorite books on this topic is called Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. And I will link to that in the show notes. She had one of the most profound, unexplainable near-death experiences that was completely documented. So if you have any interest, highly recommend checking out that book. I began rereading her book. I read about other near-death experiences in this process of making peace with my mortality. What happened next? Still, it just blows my mind so completely that it's incredible. <laughs> I went in for my scan. Yeah, I had a spiritual experience in the waiting room, waiting for my PET scan that will definitely stay with me for the rest of my life. And I am going to share it with you now. So I walked into the waiting room and I sat down and there was a man, very average looking man, older gentleman, and he was speaking with a couple in the waiting room. And the couple was very well dressed and very clearly did not want to be talking to this man. You know, sometimes you'll see someone out in public just really, they don't want to be talking to strangers. It was that kind of feeling. And so I sat down and I just immediately observed that dynamic. And then I realized what the man was talking about. He was describing his near-death experience to this couple. There was an energy coming off of this man that was just so bright and so light and so loving and so kind. I mean, the energy that he was emanating was just so warm and beautiful. And I just, he was like a magnet. And so I went and sat down next to him and said, wow, this is a beautiful story. I actually have been doing so much reading recently about near-death experiences. I'd love to hear about yours. And so then he turned his attention to me and he began telling me the story of how he died. In 2018, he died in the local hospital here and he was dead for several minutes and he came back and his doctor said it was the only miracle he'd ever seen. His doctor had no explanation for it. And this man's experience um, of those minutes was 10,000 years 
on the other side. And he explained to me what it felt like and how real it was and how those 10,000 years on the other side still feel more real than this reality. And he talked about how he was able to see his life. He had a life review and he was able to see his life through a completely loving, non-judgmental lens. And he could see where he could have made better, more loving choices. And he also talked about how he had been an atheist before this experience. He didn't believe in anything. And now he knew that the universe often works through us to connect each other. And he talked about how anytime he feels the urge to share this story, he always does because he knows that it is God, the divine, the universe, whatever word you want to use. And that's what he said. He knows that it is God working through him, connecting the story with whoever most needed it in the moment. Oh, I'm going to get emotional sharing this because it was just so incredible. It was exactly what I needed to hear in the moment. And I knew as I was hearing it that I was going to share it with all of you as well. It was probably about 15 or 20 minutes we sat and talked and he just shared, oh my goodness, it was just so beautiful. And then they called my name and I said, oh, it's, it's to my turn to go in. And that's me. And I thanked him so much and told him that it was just such a powerful story. It meant so much to me. And I stood up and I started to walk away and he said, wait, 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 wait. And he stopped me and he looked at me and he said, he wants you to keep following the golden path. You know, the yellow brick road, he wants you to keep following it. Now, this may not sound like much to you listening right now, but when he said that, it literally blew my mind because when I channel one of the images that I have been seeing for years and years and years that my guides show me is my path laid out ahead of me as a golden road that I have thought of as the yellow brick road that leads to a giant rising sun in the distance. This is an image that is deeply personal that I haven't shared before. And it is an image that I have seen regularly for years when I connect with the divine. So for him to stop me and say that just (laughs) was just like the icing on the cake of this incredible spiritual experience. It was just, it blew my mind. I mean, this man, I don't know. I don't know who he was. I don't know. I don't know what was going on there. As I was having my scan, the thought crossed my mind that maybe he is an angel that took temporary human form to send messages This is something I've heard of in the spiritual realm before. I've never really thought much about it, but this experience was so incredible and the feeling of it, the sensation, the emotion of it. As soon as I walked away from him and went back to change clothes, I just burst into tears. It was this overwhelming, like loving feeling and they were joyful tears. It was just this overwhelming feeling of having connected with extremely divine energy. So that was the experience that I had in the waiting room, uh, waiting for my scan. And I knew, I knew when I got out of my scan, I knew that it wasn't going to show any cancer. 
I just knew it. I walked out of that building knowing that I needed to be in that waiting room on that day at that time to have this meeting with this man. And I knew that my original feeling when I went into my original appointment with my doctor, that I was healthy, that it's not my time yet. I knew that to be true when I walked out of my scan. And sure enough, just a few days ago, I got the news that my scan was completely clear, that it was negative and there is no cancer. That is the story of how I once again was faced with my biggest, deepest, darkest fear and managed to work through it in a really healthy way. And once again, I've come out of this experience of the last two to three weeks with deeper tools, with more understanding of how to use the tools that I already have, with a deeper understanding of reality, a deeper respect for my place in reality, and a peace with my mortality that I absolutely am grateful for. Yeah, I'm coming out of this experience with an immense amount of gratitude, which is exactly how I've felt in the past when I've faced these kinds of big, scary experiences. So I hope that this was helpful for someone out there today. I felt very called to share this story. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. And again, if you would like to work with me, I would absolutely love to work with you. I would love to teach you tools to work through big fear. I would love to help you learn how to take leaps of faith in your life that expand your reality into something bigger and more rewarding. So if you would like to work with me, head to the show notes. There's lots of different links there, ways to work with me. I'm going to share everything down there. And have a beautiful week. 